Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey, everybody, this is Jim Galliano, and welcome to this week's podcast episode. If you're a new listener, I'm glad you're here. If you're a longtime listener, I'm glad you're back. This is the podcast where we talk about building a better kind of online business, one that lets you have maybe a less stressful life, not only in the business world, but it doesn't bleed over into your personal life as well. You know, it's one thing when we try to compartmentalize, did I pronounce that correctly, different parts of our lives. We try and keep our personal lives separate from our business lives, and maybe we try and keep our business lives sort of separate from our our social lives, friends and family. But I find that a problem in one area has a way of bleeding over into every other area and it has an effect. It's kind of like everything is connected in your body, right? If I mean, if you have a sore finger, then there's no way that it doesn't affect everything else that's happening in your life. Even if it's just a slight annoyance, it makes just doing certain things a little bit more difficult. I remember once pulling a muscle in my back Thank God I don't have back problems or any other type of physical problems, but I never realized how many muscles are connected to your back muscles when you strain something. I was just driving somewhere and I tried to look over my shoulder and every muscle in, in my back was just screaming in agony. And I thought, oh my God, I, I, I really, my heart went out to people that have chronic health problems. But anyway, There are plenty of challenges in the business world, and today I want to talk just a little bit about solving some of your biggest problems and frustrations. Now, what I've learned over time is that my natural default, I think just people are this way. I don't know if it's always been like this or just because we're of the type of society, the type of world that we live in today, but I've always tried to match complex problems or problems that I perceived as complex with equally complex solutions. And I find that those just don't work. Now, one of the reasons why I consider certain problems complex is that I assume that if I can't solve the problem, then it must be a complex problem. (laughs) I'm sure that most of you consider yourselves at least having a reasonable amount of intelligence. And the fact that you can't solve some of your problems, let's talk about business problems. The fact that you can't solve those problems means that they must be somewhat complex problems, because if they were easy problems, you would have been able to solve them by now. And so just that belief system alone kind of pushes you over into that category where the only more complex solutions are on the table. And it's only when those complex solutions fail time after time after time that you begin to kind of get discouraged about your hopes for success in that area. And if it happens to be with things like business and marketing and product creation or building a mailing list or making money or any of those things, after X number of failures, there's a a saying, hope deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, you can only have your hopes dashed so many times before you, you feel sick on the inside whenever you think or try about that thing or try to do that thing. And so I got to the point a few times where where the simplest solution, although it really didn't seem realistic at the time was in fact the solution that ended up changing everything. And so when we talk about solving some of your biggest problems and frustrations, I want to look at the simple solutions today. 
an example of this, some of you can relate to this, maybe some of you can't, but just the other day, I was reading a story about Anthony Hopkins. I'm sure many of you know him. He's been in so many movies for years and years and years. I think he's about 83 years old now. But one of the movies that I don't know what I liked about this movie that he was in, but something about his character or some of the things that he said really hit home with me. It was called Hearts in Atlantis, and that was made years ago. But it was kind of like this guy coming back to his hometown years later when someone died. And I guess he's in his 40s now or his 50s, and he hasn't seen these people in years. And he, he thinks back about this experience. I'm probably getting some of the details wrong because it's been years since I've seen the movie myself. But there was something he said in the movie that stuck with me. And it occurred to me the other day, this saying that he said. It went along the lines of this. This is the way it is, and wishing it were different won't make it so. Something to that effect that he said. And it hit me last night, and I started thinking about Anthony Hopkins, and I thought, I wonder what he's doing today. And so I did a quick search for him, and I wound up going to a page that had an interview with him. And I didn't know this, but Anthony Hopkins was an alcoholic and an atheist and unhappy and at the end of his rope. And this was earlier on in his life. And he was at an AA meeting and everything was crumbling around him. And he was talking about how actors drink a lot and how it's part of the norm of that group of people. I guess you're drinking before performances, after performances. I'm sure not during performances, but alcohol is a big part of that part of was a big part of that part of his life. And he said he finally got to the point where he said it felt like there was a demon in me where I just couldn't stop drinking and I was on a completely self-destructive path. And so I guess someone suggested AA to him because he wound up in an Alcohol Anonymous uh, meeting. Now, even if you don't have trouble with alcohol, you should be able to relate to the fact of something in your life that you're not happy with that you can't change. And, and that could be anything. It could be in your personal life. It could be a habit. It could be just repeated failures in a certain area. And in your business, of course, like we talk about on this podcast, maybe you just hit wall after wall after wall. And one of the women said something that changed his life that was in the AA meeting. And she said to Anthony Hopkins, who's an atheist, she said, why don't you just trust God? Or why don't you try and trust God or something to that effect? And she said it in such a way that I guess he just decided to say, well, why not? Everything else I've done has failed. Worst case scenario, I guess this fails. And why that hit home with me personally so much was because I thought the same thing when I was 20 years old. I wasn't an alcoholic, didn't have an overabundance of problems, but the path that was before me that I was identifying at 20 years old, even though I felt like I'd grown up with some advantages that uh, maybe other people wouldn't have had. Not that I came from a wealthy family or anything like that, but I lived in a relatively safe part of the world. I grew up in a relatively safe time compared to, I guess, today. And uh, I, I had you know, family and friends and things like that. Oh, sure, I had problems. Sure, as a kid, you, you have your enemies. There's the bullies in the neighborhood and that kind of thing. But I remember as I was getting older, I started looking at the reality of the world around me and... I was especially knowing, noticing the toll that it was taking on the people that were older than me. 
things that you really don't notice when you're a kid. And I looked at the path that was before me and I thought, wow, this is going to be challenging. <laughs> Life is going to be challenging. And in my early years, right around 18, 19 or 20, as some things began to go sideways with my plans and things that I was attempting to do, I remember coming to the same conclusion that Anthony Hopkins came to when he was alcoholic. And he basically just said, you know, God help me because he couldn't overcome the alcohol problem that he had. And he said, guess what happened? God helped him and they put alcohol behind him and his whole life was transformed. And when people say things like that and you hear things like that, I know it doesn't sound realistic, but I'm presenting it in such a way right now that it's a simple solution to a complex problem. I mean, how do you overcome alcoholism? Um, in my case, it was overwhelmed by, you know, what life was throwing my way. Not that it was anything severe, but I just felt like overcome by options. I didn't know what I wanted out of life. I had seen so many people go through their lives, not really sh sure who they were or what they wanted out of life and business or anything like that. And they just bounced from things, thing to thing. And I could easily see myself following that path. And so I thought to myself, well, I mean, could <laughs> I don't I don't think that uh, being at the place where you admit that you can't help yourself is really a bad thing. <laughs> I think that sometimes that's the only way that you can turn the corner. So it could be a business problem that you have and you're just trying and trying to solve that problem. It's just not working. I think that sometimes there's a difference between giving in and giving up. I think there's a difference between getting to the place where you say, my God, I need some help. And so for Anthony Hopkins and in this situation, that's what he did. And this very complex problem got solved and it happened fast. Now, I know when you hear stories like that, the first thing you think is, all right, well, I hope my problem could get solved fast too. But I want to talk about this specifically with some more practical applications. And not that I'm saying that you shouldn't ask God for help. I believe that everyone should really that's my personal opinion if you're stuck if you don't know which way is up if you keep hitting a wall my question to you would be well, what do you have to lose and so that's what i did as a 20 year old and then i went through the rest of my life and i've faced problems of course over the years but the the jim galliano that faced the those problems was a much different version than i would have been had i tried to do like everything i think in my own ingenuity with my own strength so but I've had plenty of problems. I've had plenty of frustrations myself where you hit certain walls that seem like they're just impenetrable, like you're not going to be able to get past those things. And just this past month, I started looking back at, because now I have better productivity, I would say, than I've ever had in my life. But it didn't happen overnight. It happened gradually. And the changes that last usually happen gradually. Certain things will happen overnight. I'm not saying that they won't. Like an aha moment can be a life-changing moment for you. Uh, you can get an insight into something that's a game changer. I'm not saying that. But then when you have that new insight or that new information which changes you, then you're still kind of taking the stairs instead of the elevator a lot of times where you walk up a bunch of stairs and there's a plateau. And then you walk up another bunch of stairs. The tallest buildings are like that if you're going to walk up the stairs, right? That's the way stairs are designed. You walk up one way, there's a plateau, and then you turn, you walk up another set of stairs, and there's another floor there. Right? That's the way buildings designs are. 
But I've noticed that success is kind of like that too, because if you're stuck and there's nowhere to go, you can't see the way up and you discover it, an aha moment reveals it to you and you get some information, you get some help, you go up the steps, you make progress, but then it plateaus again. That's normal. It's not like this continual upward and onward. There's always plateaus along the way. So one of the things that this past month I started looking at the topic of productivity again because so many of the people that I work with are busy all the time and they're unable to produce the kind of result that they're looking to produce. And so I started looking at myself as a kind of like a, a, a guinea pig. I started examining my own life because in reality, I have more time, I would say, than the average person does to do what I want to do. But also in reality, I don't find that I really get maybe more. I'm not what I call a high, what's the word to say this? Uh, I don't want to call myself a high producer when it comes to productivity. I could produce more. And so I started examining my um, how I was spending the day my days. And I got to be honest with you, I'm a kind of person that likes to stop and smell the roses, so to speak. I'm a person that likes some alone time, maybe quite a bit, bit of alone time. And, uh, you know, I like to take walks and I like to think about other things other than work. And I find that that's the balance that I need. But still, that said, I notice there are times where I'm really productive and times that I wish I was more productive. And if I had to give you reasons why, I wasn't really sure. So, I was doing some experiments over the last month, and I began to, and this is something that you can do for yourself. If you're working a lot and nothing's getting done, what you need to do is you need to analyze what you're doing on any given day. So let's say today is Monday, Tuesday, whatever day it is. Tonight, look at what you have done for the day, and then write down where you spent most of your time during that day. Because as I said last week, According to studies, we really only have about four highly productive hours on average on any given day. And all things being equal, those productive hours are going to be before lunchtime, not during, not after. Now, that's not to say that you can't have those four productive hours from one o'clock to four o'clock straight through. But realistically speaking, there are things that interrupt us and things that happen and so I began to write down all of the things that I was doing that were taking time. And when I looked at the list, I was kind of surprised by just as far as like the time that we have in a day and I'm looking for those four hours, how much time I was wasting on things that just didn't matter. Now I can go into the things with you. I'm sure you can relate to a lot of the things that I waste time with that really don't matter. I'm sure you can relate to it. But I started realizing something that when it comes to, if you're a solopreneur, you're a freelancer, you're a small business owner, a lot of the things that you're that are going to get done are going to get done because you do them. A lot of the winning strategies that are going to transform your business are going to happen because you're the one that realizes that you need to implement this thing or you need to remove this thing or you need to try this plan. No one will ever care about your business more than you do. It's just a fact. Not, not a marketing company, not an ad agency. None of these people will put as much effort into 
promoting, marketing, and building your business as you, the owner, will. And so once you accept that, you can see why it's so important that maybe you have a little bit of a, a strategic approach to what you're going to do in the days, weeks, and months ahead. So one person put it like this. They said that if someone's going to go on a week vacation, they often plan the details of that week right down to some of the minute details because they don't want to waste time when they're away. They want to make the most of that week away. Or some of you go away for a weekend, and weekend's an even shorter amount of time, of course, and you realize that you don't want to waste the weekend. You don't want to sleep in if you're going to a new place. You want to see new things. You want to do some activities. And so your days are highly structured. But yet when it comes to life, some people have zero structure at all. And they're just burning away the, the days and the times, the, the days, weeks, months, and years. And another old saying that, I like, and it's more meaningful me, to me now than it's ever been before, is that you don't have as much time as you think. And, you know, we, we each have a finite amount of time here to get things right. And so sometimes you need to look at your life the way you might look at that weekend getaway or that vacation, that one week where you're going to go to that place that you always wanted to see. And you're going to have to start putting some things in place that force you to be productive, that force you to not waste time. And so when I looked at a lot of things that I was wasting time on, how I was starting my day, I started realizing that all of these things could be done after dinner. Or, I mean, I could set up, a lot of you who check your email all the time, every 10 minutes, every 15, every 20 minutes, do you realize how many times you check your email every day? Maybe you can just put like, um, you know how they do the old scorecards where you put, put a slash mark for one, another slash mark for two, and then when you have five, you put the line through the four, and that's how you count it. Like a prisoner would count how many days they've been in the in those old dungeons by putting like the, the marks on the wall. Maybe you have to do that with some things in your life, like how many times you go to a certain site, how many times you check your email, how many times you do this, just so you get an idea of just how much time you're spending doing things that really aren't important. And if email is important to you because your clients, customers are contacting you, then maybe you have to have some kind of plan in place where you check your email every 30 minutes. And maybe you have to get in a, use an app or something like that to remind you that, okay, now it's time to check your email. Not, not every five minutes, but the alarm will go off or you'll get a notification. Last night, I checked an email at 10 o'clock and it turned out that someone had a problem they needed help with, one of my clients. And I answered them. Because to me, the problem was the sort of problem that if I had contacted support at 10 at night and somebody had responded to me for that particular problem, happened to be with their email, I would have been really you know, glad that they did. And so I wasn't doing anything. Now, here's the thing. They had contacted me earlier and I didn't respond for several hours. Part of me felt a little bit guilty, but that person's a busy person. And I'm a busy person, and we didn't connect for a few hours. You know, you know, no harm, no foul, like they like they say. But were they annoyed that it took me two or three hours to respond to? Them? No, they weren't. And a lot of the things I think that we we create our own problems by doing things that are unnecessary. So long story short, the problem got fixed. It didn't get fixed that night. The final email I got from them, I was watching a video, was sitting in a chair, it's 1130 at night, and they were leaving their place of work, 
and they just said they're the owner. And they said, well, you know, we, we can take care. No emergency. I will just take care of this in the morning. So next morning came and we took care of it. But the point, I guess, is, is that I'm using email as an example. If it's something that is bogging you down, if it's something that's so distracting, if you can't even go to a family gathering without checking your email, I used to bring a laptop with me everywhere I went. And that way I could check to see if anything, because email is really important for my type of business. And I'm always checking to see if somebody's emailing me. And then I realize that I don't have to check like every 10 minutes or every 15 minutes or every time I pass the computer. So I have a smaller device, whether you're talking about a phone or a tablet or something like that. And that's what I take with me when I go. Now, I don't bring my laptop everywhere I go like I used to. And I set some processes in place so that I was no longer a slave to the email, to the inbox. I guess that's the long way of what I could have said in, in two minutes. The point is, is that we all have things in our lives that we can implement some type of automation, some type of process, so we're not a slave to that thing. So we're not burning time. Because one of the hardest things today is focus, but there's a reason why. And I think the thing is that we've built habits doing things that are just not efficient. We do things that are effective, but they're just not efficient in the big picture. And so, you know, looking at what I was doing in my business after I wrote this list of things down that I was doing after several days, I saw all of the places that I was wasting my time, all the things that I was checking, all the things that I was doing that, yeah, it might be efficient. It might be efficient that you check your email every five minutes to see if someone needs something or someone has a question. But it's not effective to the growth of your business. It doesn't move your business forward in any recognizable way, shape, or form. And it's really not that important in the big scheme of things because you're just one person. And you only have X amount of productivity in you on any given day. And so I found that by removing the things that were distractions from my schedule, not removing them completely, but putting them off until a later time in the day, and, you know, I have to say that life in, of, in and of itself is imperfect. There's always going to be people calling or texting that might monopolize your time on any given day. But that's not every day. And if it is every day, then you need to have a process in, in place to, rele- to, to unchain you from that activity. Because if you're chained to activities that you may be efficient in doing those activities, or you may be effective, I should say, but it's not really efficient to the growth of your business. And being that you're a solopreneur, a freelancer, and small business owner, you have to be not just efficient, but effective. You have to do the things that effectively move your your business forward, that effectively add to your bottom line, because you only have so many hours in a day. I guess we could look at efficiency and effectiveness in two different lights. For example, we could be efficient in the work that we're doing, but the work that we're doing isn't effectively moving our business forward. Does that make sense? I think it sounds better that way. Whereas if we're doing work that's effective, those are the things that really push our business forward into the future. Those are the things that bring us closer to where it is that we want to be. 
And so realistically speaking, all of the productivity teachings and trainings and manuals and lists and everything like that that you can buy and programs that you can get involved in, it really comes down to a few simple things. What are the things that are monopolizing your time that you can remove from your daily experience or put off until later until you get the important stuff done? And what is the important stuff? A lot of these productivity experts talk about people like Eisenhower where he had um, lists of urgent, important, and not so important. Maybe he had one other thing in there, but he was saying that the things that are urgent often aren't important. Not in the big picture anyway. They're just like putting a, a temporary fire out, but it doesn't move you forward in your life. It doesn't move you forward in your business. And then there's a lot of activities that we can get done, but they're really not that important. They can be put off. The other day I was walking up the uh, pathway to the house and I noticed there were a lot of weeds growing up through these uh, bricks, these little weed-like things. We have a lot of them here in Florida. And I thought, well, I'd like to take an afternoon and kind of pull all of these up. But I had important thing, more important than that. I mean, those things could wait until the weekend or just, I mean, they don't have to be done now. But it was also surprising to me how easily it is to get distracted doing things that give you a sense of maybe temporary fulfillment because you did something like you dusted a room or you vacuumed the floor or, you, you know, you, you clean something. But you have all of these other important things in your business that are just sitting there undone. And so when you get to do these things, you do these things when you already have expended some of the critical energy that you have during that day. And you're operating on a half a tank or less of gas and you're trying to do some creative work. And so I think what it comes down to is recognizing, number one, that and I don't think that anybody really needs a productivity plan that somebody else is going to write out for them. I think each of our lives are unique enough where we have to formulate our own plan. And I believe that if you read books on productivity or take a course on productivity, there's some high dollar courses out there or join a group. The best thing that you're going to get from any of those are examples or little golden nuggets of truth that somebody did this and it really helped in their life. But I don't think you can actually take somebody else's step-by-step -step program when it comes to personal things because I think our lives are, are unique enough. Yeah, we have a lot of things that are the same, but I think you, get, you need to be used to becoming your own strategist. Maybe that would be the way to put it. You need to build a strategy that works for you. A strategy that works, let's say, for building something like a website or for designing something like a brochure there's mechanics that are involved in that that are two plus two equals four. And those type of strategies are fantastic. It's just like a recipe. You follow a recipe and you get the results of that recipe. All things being equal, if you put the right amounts of ingredients in, you're going to get the same result time after time after time. But when we deal with human personalities like yours and mine, it's not easy just to take pre-measured ingredients that somebody else hands us and get the same amount of change in our lives or accomplish the same number of goals in our lives. Which I know, you know, a lot of people are sour on the topic of goals. I was one of them. Just the word itself has just so many negative connotations. I know that if I look at all the goals that I've set for myself, there are more that I haven't accomplished than not. But I know that by framing it in a different way and looking at what's important to me, 
I know that if you frame it in a different way and take the word goals out and look at what's important to you, you can start asking some meaningful questions like, what do you want to experience in your life and in your business over the next year? Forget the fact that we're in, we're almost in April. Forget the fact that the first three months have gone by. Those are all in the past. I'm talking about right here, right now, you and I. I feel like we're talking together. But think about that for a moment. 12 months from now will be a year. So you don't have to measure years by January through December. Your year can start, your change can start whenever you want it to start. I know so many people say, oh, we've already burned three months out of the year. You, you, your next year can still, you still have time. You're still a chance to turn things around this year. Well, forget about the numbers. The numbers really going to be irrelevant as you move into the future. What matters is, is what you're experiencing as an individual. So forget about the number on the calendar. That was another thing that really bothered me. This thing about age, because people used to say, you know, you should be successful by 25 or 27 or 30 or 35. And I was, I considered myself a late bloomer, meaning that it took me a while to get things going. I found that success comes step by step, that you take the stairs more often than you take the elevator. However, I've also learned that a lot of the biggest problems and frustrations that slow things down are quite fixable. They are complex problems that they're fixed by a simpler, easier approach. And the easiest approach that I found personally, which I'm sharing with you right now, is to just examine what you're spending your time doing. I know a lot of people burn an incredible amount of hours playing just word games and things like that on their phone or on a tablet or even on a desktop. I know when I get to desktop, sometimes I'll just waste time watching videos. I'll be watching tutorials for programs that I'm not even going to use anytime soon. Meanwhile, I have all of this important work that could, I could be focusing on. And so if you look at an obstacle as a tree, think about this, you have to chop down a tree. Imagine a fairly large tree. I don't know what, and you have an ax. Now, you know that old saying about productivity, Lincoln said that he would spend, if he had six hours, I guess, to cut down a tree, he would spend the first four hours sharpening the blade. You know, maybe you've heard of sayings like that before. That's the thing with productivity, there's all kinds of cool sayings that sound good, but we sometimes, you know, kind of struggle to make that our reality. So I started with just this idea of getting the time wasters aside. If that's all I ever do, I'm going to make some progress. If that's the only thing I understand about productivity is determining what is burning my peak time, my peak hours, and then make an agreement with myself a non-negotiable agreement, because you can break agreements with yourself pretty easily, but making a non-negotiable agreement, a commitment to put that thing off until maybe after three o'clock or later on, or maybe you can't touch this until lunchtime, or maybe you set a, an alarm to, you know, to remind you or a notification every hour on the hour, check the email. And if something is that critical, somebody will probably text you or call you, but I digress. Or you hire somebody just to take care of that for you. So back to what I was saying. So if we look at a tree as an obstacle, what a lot of people do, they may have a sharp ax, but they don't have the focus. And so they may like walk up to the tree and swing the ax a few times and take a few chunks of wood out. And then the tree hasn't fallen and everybody was telling them, well, if you use this ax, this ax will, you know, I'm, I'm kind of making the analogy to hyped products. 
and, and hyped marketing things that we think are going to give us overnight success. And they do the amount, they did basically the, the equivalent of walking around the tree and taking a few swings here, a few swings there. It would take forever to accomplish that objective. What you need is a focused effort. You, you take one, you decide where you want the tree to fall, right? You want it to fall and this, and this is where you're going to swing the axe. This is where you're going to make the impact and you're going to hit that spot over and over and over again. That spot's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and you're going to focus on striking the tree in that spot. Not all over the tree, but just in that spot. And that's a great analogy I heard for focus. And so if you remove obstacles from your early part of the day, if you decide that you know what, maybe I should only be on social media after, after lunchtime. Or first thing in the morning, I only give myself 15 minutes. Uh, after that, the alarm goes off and I have to move on to the critical project, to chopping down whatever the tree is that needs to, to be chopped down. So if you look at your life and you think, where would you like to be the next year? Realize this, that you can only probably accomplish, you can only focus on one or two things. Isn't that true? And so you're going to have to put a focused effort into accomplishing one or two things. You're not probably going to, yeah, maybe you will be able to accomplish a lot more. But history and the odds show, show us, and even with simple wisdom, show us that we're going to have to concentrate on getting a few things done. Because I know some of you listening, there's all kinds of things that you want to build. But the point of the matter is, is that those things can only be built if you put the focused effort in on doing it. That makes sense, right? So you have to decide that what you're going to focus on and then uh, equally as important, perhaps more so, is what you're not going to focus on. Write down all of the things that you're not going to focus on in one column and the things that you are going to focus on in another column or on a piece of paper or however it makes sense to you. Right now in my own industry, there's a lot of changes happening with the software that's involved in things like website development marketing tools, and everything's in a transitionary state. And some people are keeping on top of exactly what is changing from day to day, from week to week, and from month to month. And that's fine, but I found that that doesn't help me by doing the same. The fact that other people are doing it is great because that tells me that I don't have to do it. I can just check in every once in a while and see where things are with progress and see where things are going. Think about that. Think about the head of a st the head of state, right? Somebody really high up in every country it could be a president, a premier, whoever, whoever. And think about all of the people that do the legwork, the experts, the advisors, the people that they rely upon to give them information that really they don't have in their area of expertise. And so entire nations are run this way, but businesses are run this way also. I remember a friend of mine, he was the COO, or excuse me, the CFO, chief financial officer for this large company. And he would go in and he would sit down and he would talk to the chief executive officer, an entire boardroom of people, and they would decide what was important and what wasn't based on the statistics that he had compiled. And he said sometimes they went according to sound advice and sometimes they didn't. Sometimes they did something that was the exact opposite of what he suggested. And so the interesting thing about this is that the brain is an incredible tool. Each of us has the ability to think in three different categories and three different areas. There's an executive part of our mind, 
And that's where we decide what's important for our lives, what's important for our situation, where we should be spending our time, what we should be learning. And then after that executive decision is made in our mind, we have another area of our mind that is more managerial oriented. And that's the part where we can decide how can this work be done more efficiently or more effectively? What type of plans or processes should we have in place to get this job done effectively? And then we have the worker part of our mind, and that's the part that just does the work, that focuses in on the work. And so I think that if you go through all three of these stages or you look at a problem from all three of these perspectives, starting out with the executive part of your mind and decide, what do I want to experience in my business over the next year? Where would I like to be? What's really important? Where are we wasting our time? What can we put off for later? Or what type of plans can we put in place so that we avoid wasting time? I know that's kind of going into that managerial side, but once you decide what you want, what direction you're going to take, that's the first step really in any kind of change. I know there's times in everyone's life where they look around and they think to themselves, this has got to change or this is going to change. And that may mean putting some distance uh, between yourself and your current set of friends, getting a whole new other set of friends, picking up and moving to a new location to start over. But that's what I'm talking about, about that executive part of the brain, of your mind. And then from there, you move over into more of the logistics of the situation. How should we do this? Where should we go? How do we, how do we build from here? And you put a plan together and then comes the execution. But what happens if you just enter the day without having started with that executive part of your decision-making process with no cl clear direction, really. You're just doing work. The work really isn't getting you very far. Or worse yet, you're doing work and you're not really really very doing the work very efficiently. You're, you're basically just doing whatever it is that you think you should be doing, but there's no real clear direction there. And so, you know, I had all kinds of things that I was going to share today about thoughts about this, but... I don't want to talk as long as I did last week. I talked for about an hour. I don't regret doing it, but I think that sometimes less is better. And I think this is just one of those subjects where you need to really just get to the point now where you've heard what I've shared with you and you just need to ask yourself the question, is this something I need to do for myself? Take a look around you. Are you happy with where you're heading in your life, in your business? And if not, Maybe it's time to make some different choices. Maybe it's time to come up with a new plan. What do you really want to build over the next 12 months? And realize that, you know, you're not going to build 20 things. You're not going to probably build a half a dozen things if it's important to you, important enough to focus. And see, that's where motivation comes in also. You know, what's important to you, not what's important to the people around you that you're trying to make important. I know, I remember when I was a kid, a lot of things that I did, I did because, or when I was younger, I should say, I did because I thought that's what was expected of me. I thought that's what would make the people around me happy. But, you know, sooner or later, you got to ask the question, well, what's going to make you happy? And relative to business, I know we can apply this to life in general, but we're talking about business now. So what's going to make you happy? What do you want to build? What do you want to have? Okay, write that thing down. And even if all you do from this point forward is determine that what, where are the time thieves 
in, that you experience from day to day and make a simple plan to push those things to the back burner or to put those things off or have some type of a way to trigger when you're allowed to do certain things and when you're not and start building that thing. It's amazing what can happen when you do focused work. I think you know this. I don't think it's something that I have to keep on keeping on talking about to convince you that it's important. I think you know when you do focus work, you're capable of things that sometimes may surprise you. You can do really, you can do special things, but you're gonna have to focus first. You're gonna have to make some choices first. All right, let's go ahead and put the fork in it there. That's about all for today. Uh, this is just one of those things that I wanted to share today from the heart, just me talking to you. Well, it's just me talking to you every week anyway, but I really hope you received something from this. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please, if you think it will help a friend, go ahead and share the episode link with them. Share it on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. I really appreciate it. Or go ahead and send them directly to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. And you know, I've been going through change my entire life, just as you are. And there are times where just like you, I feel frustrated and think, yeah, you know, is this even worth it? But I just want to encourage you that after you get past that point where you feel like all of these problems are happening to you, but they're really not happening with everyone else. You know what I'm talking about. After you get through all of that, and you come out the other side, there are really some simpler solutions to what may appear to be a really complex problem. And I just encourage you to, to latch on to the fact that yes, you can do this. This is all doable for you. This isn't really rocket science. So go ahead and take the next step in your journey. So thanks again for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week and I'll talk to you later.